0: have needs and desires and seek to discover our own erotic journey you've come to the right place this is seek discover create with lexi silver presented by sdc in the next hour we're here to answer your burning questions about relationships sexuality and health from the leading sex experts and professionals now here is your host lexi silver
1: Hi everyone! Welcome back to SDC Presents Seek Discover Create. I'm your host Alexi Silver, and I'm down here in Tucson, Arizona. This is a very unique episode because I am going to be spending some time with people who are attending and presenting at this amazing conference that is devoted all to non-monogamous relationships. This is the second annual Southwest Love Fest, and it is founded and organized by Sarah Bachman Williams and Kate Kincaid. This conference seeks to provide an Inclusive and transformational space for individuals of all genders, sexual orientations, and ethnicities to educate and strengthen our non-monogamous community. So I'm gonna be talking to a lot of really amazing, like-minded people who are in some form of non-monogamous relationships, and also people who are looking to find out more about non-monogamous relationships, or therapists who are coaching clients or treating clients who are also in non-monogamous relationships. I'm going to be attending workshops that are given by people who are either therapists or they are within the non-monogamous community, and I'm also going to be interviewing a few of those folks. Before we kick off our discussion today with Dr. Liz Powell, Rachel Rose, and Marla Renee Stewart of Velvet Lips, I want to thank our sponsor, SDC.com, your and my expert source of exclusive information about sex, health, and relationships, where you'll get access to a massive international network and dating platforms. Platform of over three million members worldwide use my special promo code 7070 to get two months free at sdc.com that's 7070 to get two months free at sdc so get ready for my first interview with dr liz powell and rachel rose for a little taste of what's happening right here at southwest love fest in arizona enjoy you are listening to Seek, Discover, Create. We are here at Southwest Love Fest, and I am talking to Dr. Liz Powell, sex educator, coach, and licensed psychologist specializing in queer, kinky, and non monogamous relationships, and the author of the amazing book, which you're going to have to give a read after this Building Open Relationships. And I'm also here with Rachel Rose, founder of Hedonish educator, writer, and activist whose work focuses on sexuality, sexual health, and the intersection of chronic illness and sex.
2: Welcome, both of you. Hi. Hey, Lexi. Good to see you again. <laughs> oh Yeah, we are tired. Uh, for, those, <laughs> for those listening, it is Sunday morning, and there was an amazing queer dance party last night, and uh, we yeah. haven't recovered. <laughs> no, I'm drinking a monster as we speak. It's also like
3: 9 a.m.,
1: so yeah, like it's a like it's fair.
2: You know.
3: I feel like it's reasonable to be this <laughs> tired, maybe.
1: <laughs> How have you both been enjoying all of the workshops so far? I mean, there's been, I, I I tried to go to as many as humanly possible. It was not possible to do more than, I guess, two per slot, but just like, you know, sex down south, trying to do what we can, trying to meet everybody, but there's so many great folks here,
2: so many great topics. What have been your favorites this weekend? Um, I think my my favorite this weekend was I went to the presentation on the APA Division 44 Task Force on Consensual Non-Monogamy with Heath uh, Schettinger and uh, just learning about the work that they're doing to try to uh, on legal and professional fronts advocate for acceptance of non-monogamy and greater training for therapists around working with non-monogamous clients uh, was really, really wonderful. And like seeing the research that they're getting started and um, learning about how that task force is going to function was really cool. And, and I mean, like he, he tricked me into deciding to probably <laughs> set up the <laughs> task force and write God knows how many papers for it. But, you know, uh, I think it's really worthy work and really important stuff.
3: Uh, I really loved. There's so many presentations that I really enjoyed. I really loved uh, Andre Shakti's uh, did a presentation on um, non-monogamy and socioeconomic differences in class. I can't remember the exact name of the presentation, but I thought it was really fantastic and maybe look at things differently than I had in the past. Um, I recently started. My chronic illness has been such that I've recently started considering myself disabled, uh, and that looking at that along with all the other different socioeconomic differences and how people interact with each other was really interesting um and also like how how you create a um how you create like a sense of contribution without uh, focusing on like the capitalist values of, of being able to contribute money if that's not something that fits into like what you're able to do
1: I only attended one of those two workshops uh, I, was with, uh, I was with Liz at uh, at Heath's workshop and that was really really amazing and, and uh, Andre sounds fantastic I wish like again, like I said I really wish that I had had the opportunity to go to virtually every single workshop or at least maybe we should you know try to record them mm-hmm. so to make them available maybe another time for all the attendees who can make the other workshops anyway an ideal I'll uh, propose to Kate and Sarah at another point in time. <laughs> so all of the great workshops that you like, uh, all the great things that we've been learning, everything that we've been hearing from all the other folks talking, even outside of the workshops, we're all having these really great conversations about all the issues that are going on in the world, how we can, how we can help solve them. Cause you know, we're all fucking superheroes. Why the hell not? Right. We could do it. True. Right. True story. Yeah. What are the biggest takeaways that you have from this weekend that you can apply to your current practices?
2: Go first. Go first.
3: Um, so, just because I was also talking about this this morning, I um, it may not be the biggest takeaway, but think something that I really value that I, I, I get at these conferences is uh, the sense of body positivity, um, and that this is just a space that you can be yourself, um, whatever that looks like, and be accepted for it. And it doesn't matter what you're, well, what you know, what you what you look like, or how you present, or any of those things. You're just like accepted as as you are, whatever you want to wear, and it's just a safe space to like really kind of explore. Uh, that kind of thing and, and and wear things maybe you wouldn't wear you wouldn't feel comfortable wearing in public normally and just feeling like you get to be like your authentic self um, and I think that's something that like in the world we need so much more of uh, and being able to kind of be reminded and have that like refreshed in your brain is something I think people like the people around you when you go
2: home uh, get to benefit from too one of my biggest takeaways um, is about kind of returning to more like Active work on structural activism. Um, I think it's really easy when we do this work to get burned out. You know, a lot of sex educators are woefully underpaid. We don't get paid very much for the work that we do. They're generally often underappreciated, particularly by a lot of the mainstream population. Um, I know all of us get messages regularly from folks who are like, well, why won't you do this work for me for free? And we're like, because it's, we unfortunately live in capitalism and I need money to survive. And I can't say people really love me on the internet to pay my rent. Like that's not, that doesn't work. Right. Um, And I think it's easy to get overwhelmed with all of the stuff that's happening and kind of like start going more and more into focusing only on yourself and how I can help myself in my world or do the things that are easy for me and going to the presentation about the the division 44 task force helped me kind of think about am i actually allocating my time and my energy in a way that is in alignment with my values am i doing things from a place of like defensiveness over those resources or from a place of frustration or burnout rather than from a place of self-care and living in alignment with what is what i believe in i'm just like being able to be around people and and seeing how All of us are balancing the many competing demands on our time and energy and feeling really inspired to figure out how to rework my balance so that I have more space for those kinds of activities. Sounds like a tall order. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much.
1: And I think that there's a lot of, there there's some common um, themes here from what I'm hearing. Mm-hmm. So a lot of self-care re- like really encompasses a lot of what we're talking about here. So I'm hearing alignment with values, which has to do with like really getting more in touch with like, you know, yourself, what, what gets to the root of why is it that we're doing what it is that we're doing and, you know, body positivity, feeling good about the, the skin that we're in, feeling, you know, good about um, what. Whatever it is, however we want to express ourselves, I think that's that to me also has been a really great takeaway of this weekend. And also, I'm trying to see how, for me personally, you know, we were talking about uh, alignment with values and trying to balance everything. I'm also wondering how are how the fuck is everybody here managing to do so much? There's so much on everyone's <laughs>
2: plate. Okay, <laughs> Liz is writing entirely like I have yeah. thoughts. Yeah, ditto. <laughs> um, okay, so so the, the first thing I want to say is that. Um, I think part of, for me at least, why I do so much is because I struggle constantly with imposter syndrome and feeling like I'm not doing enough. Like, I don't know that there is a week that goes by where I don't feel like a complete lazy jerk. Mm. Um, And then I look at like all the stuff that I do and like how many interviews I do for articles and how many podcasts I guest on and how many videos I put together, how many clients I see, how much time I spend having conversations on Twitter or other, other places. I think that Because most of us have these very diversified ways in which we work, it's hard to get a clear idea of how much work you're doing. If you show up to an office and you work 40 hours, you can look at your timesheet and see how long you were at work, right? There's this much clearer delineation of work life and, and personal life. Whereas like for me, I'm kind of always working. I try to create times that I'm like purposely not working, but I can check my work email from anywhere. You know, I can, it's hard to create this hard boundary between my work life and my personal life. And that means that it always feels like I could be doing more, right? If I didn't maximize every minute of that day, did I somehow not do enough? And I think that that's, for me at least, part of what drives doing way too much <laughs> is that it feels like it's not enough. Um, which again is like a beautiful like lie of capitalism is that your productivity is your worth. and or how uh, much you make is your worth. How much you make is your worth and like the ways that you are externally perceived in terms of productive versus not productive relates to your worth. Um, and I think too that for me, how I am built is that if I have to do the exact same thing every day, I will fucking rebel. Like, I just, I hate monotony. I need novelty. I, I need variety. i feeling all of this so hard. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm sitting here nodding, like, violently. <laughs> and, like, I have to do a bunch of different shit because otherwise I get bored. Just so, so bored. Uh, and so, when you read off all the things that I do, it sounds really impressive. And trust me, I spend plenty of time on Netflix. (laughs) You know, I marathoned five seasons of Lost Girl in a week and a half because it's a show about a bisexual succubus that's not at all slut-shaming, and of course I had to watch it all. I feel
3: like so much of that, I'm just like sitting here nodding my head, and um, yeah, everybody here, I think like, I don't know anybody here who has one job. I I think everybody has like 7 to 12 or 100. Um, It's a wide range. Personally, I, I know that I um being chronically ill and that's that's a in the last five or six years has become a huge part of my life um and i you know i left my my last i'm also a graphic designer um and i did it professionally for over a decade and i left my last full-time job which is wonderful because it gave me more time to focus on sex education but also like you don't get you don't get to look at a timesheet and see where your time goes and if you're dividing uh your your time up between for me it's like four or five projects it, it somehow like never feels like you're doing enough. Um, and it's probably cause you're trying to juggle a thousand things at once. Um, and for me it's also on top of being chronically ill and I have a lot of brain fog and fatigue which are two of my bigger symptoms and they really impact my ability to work. Um, I think another thing is, is is all, like the way that we live in this capitalist society and put such value on how much you make and being sex educators that's, we don't get paid very much. A lot of people uh, as needed as sex education is and all the forms it comes in, a lot of times it isn't paid or it isn't well funded. Um, I, you know, enough to pay bills and to, to be able to, it's hard to continue doing this work, um, financially. And so, um, I, I think that that's, I think the people who are really dedicated to it need to find a whole lot of creative ways to make ends meet in order to continue doing the work that they love and feels valuable. Um, and I also think that it comes from that imposter syndrome as well, where like, I never feel like I'm doing enough and then I, someone asks me what I do and I'm like, oh, I do this and this. and, and Oh, and I forgot about this business uh, or that project. And, and so eventually, I'm like, I guess maybe that is a lot. like, um, But it never quite feels like you're doing enough. Yeah.
2: And I think that a lot of that is also like just typical of late stage capitalism, that even for those who aren't in the sex education field, there's this pressure to turn any hobby into a side hustle, that it's a gig economy. No one gets enough from a full time job for the most part to be able to just rest on that. And so everyone is hustling more and more and more. And you see all of your friends talking about how hard they're hustling and it makes you feel like you're not doing as much. And it's this really kind of death spiral of of capitalist greed um and people just struggling to make ends meet you know it's 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 hard out there these days inflation and prices of housing and goods have far outpaced salaries for a long long time and particularly in the states where we don't have a robust social safety net it's really easy to get fucked
3: i think it's changed a lot in the last couple of years too where everything has moved toward a gig economy like i, I if i look back like 10 years i mean um and I think my, my, my friends' circles have changed a lot. But, but I think that like, I had a lot more friends with full-time jobs, and now everybody has five like side jobs rather than one full-time job. And, and so I think that contributes to it a lot, too.
1: And I mean, none of this. And I, I'm hearing what both of you are saying. I'm like, that sounds like me. And it's terrible. I, I, a lot of us are all experiencing the same thing. And all it leads to is burnout, fatigue, imposter syndrome, where like, uh, I, you know, I have 15 jobs and none of them are enough. And I feel like I could do more. And I want to, you know, I, I want to uh, be involved in this this kind of activism. And I want to go out there and I want to, you know, help everybody and save the world. It's Impossible to do all of these things. So, in in which case, like you know, we're all talking about you know capitalism. Unfortunately, this is the world that we live in, mm-hmm. and uh, I agree with uh, what you were saying, Liz, about how most jobs, most, you know, most people in any industry are having trouble making ends meet because the cost of living is high. You know, we're not making enough, uh, you know, minimum wage, etc. But especially for sex educators, what has to be done until, you know, sex educators can start to make at least a sustainable amount of money doing what we need to be doing, like going out in the world and really educating folks about, you know, and especially being having the opportunity to be able to work with marginalized populations who need this kind of sex education also so what is it that we can do um, or what is it that needs to change I guess in society um, do we like in order to make this work I got distracted so there's a bunch of people that's okay Maybe at the same time you
3: yeah, um, do <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I well first I think we need to be paid for our work and I think people need to kind of reevaluate the way, like I, um, A lot of times when I say I'm a sex educator, people are like, oh, do you teach children? Are you teaching schools? And yeah. I'm like, no, ad- adults need sex ed, too. Um, and and <laughs> I think that's a, a misconception that, like, um, I went to a, a presentation yesterday about uh, queering sex ed um, by Sarah, who hosts a queer sex ed podcast. And, um, and that was one of my favorite things uh, that she said was that um, that... We need that that sex, the definition of sexual health needs to be so expanded to expand to include people of all ages, um, and that it's a continual process throughout your life. Um, and I think, I think that would also help lead toward people va- hopefully valuing um, the uh, sex education more. I think there's a lot of other things too, but that's I mean, part I think
2: I think there's like huge cultural components of like what kind of things we consider to be sex education. Um, Because when most people in mainstream society hear sex educator, they think that I do, like, middle school health class, right? (laughs) And and, um, I don't know about y'all's health class, but my health class in high school, we talked about STIs, we talked about pregnancy, we talked a little bit about, like, menstruation, but that was... That was kind of it, right? There wasn't a lot of talk about sexual pleasure. There wasn't a lot of talk about how different bodies function. There wasn't talk about, you know, sexual variety um, and how people's experiences of sexuality can be remarkably varied. And I think that the way that our culture thinks about what sex ed is necessary is so, 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 so limiting. There's kind of this assumption in mainstream culture that people will just, like, know how to sex, right? (laughs) That, like... And I think, you know, the the script that people who are socialized as women is given is when you have the right partner, they'll just know how to make your body do the things right. (laughs) You don't need to talk about it. You don't need to work on exploring your own like vulva and vagina. You don't need to figure out your own pleasure. Someone will just know. You'll just show up and like I mean it's a pity that you're so complicated and it's so hard to make people with vulvas and vaginas have orgasms but like if you get one who's like a really good human that they'll like put in the effort and they'll deal with like the hindrance of not having a penis and like figure out how to help you have your orgasms right? And I think that the whole way, particularly in the States, but to some extent as well in Canada and other countries that we think about in regards sex is as this thing that we get to be surrounded by, but not honest about or dive into like sex sells freaking everything. You know, there are ads using sexuality sell hamburgers, you know, the way that we use sex is as this very commodified, objectifying version of sexuality and that means that when we talk about pleasure based education when we talk about the ways that consent education needs to happen when we try to cover these topics people just don't even have a frame of reference for that the ways that people think about and understand sexuality are so 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 very limited by the ways that our culture avoids actually engaging with the realities of sexuality you know one of my favorite things about having been so slutty for so long is that I know my body is going to make weird fart noises when we have sex like that's just a thing that's going to happen you're going to like Like come down on my body at a weird angle, or I'm gonna come down on yours at a weird angle, and there's gonna be a weird squelchy sound, and that is sex, and we're gonna laugh real hard, and then we're gonna keep going, and we're gonna have a great time, right? Or we're gonna have really great sex where neither of us actually touches each other's body that much, but we like kiss a little while we each jerk off. Or we're gonna have amazing sex where we're a a thousand miles away from each other and we're telling each other on the phone all these hot things we're gonna do. Sex is so much broader and more varied than we tend to acknowledge or understand, and I think. Until we can, as a larger culture, start unpacking those things, it's going to be hard to get sex educators paid. I think the best opportunity we have is with the rise of awareness about sexual assault and and being really honest about the problems that we have in understanding sexual consent. Like The research that they did recently that showed that um, it was a, primarily a, with cisgender straight men that they totally understand soft nose unless they want to have sex with someone and then they but find ways to rationalize why that no isn't actually a no, right? Or they did research where they presented men with a situation of uh, this, this, this guy approached this woman and she said these things with this a yes or a no, and they're like, oh, no, 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 that was totally a no. And then they asked men the, the same situation about themselves, and they're like, well... It's Maybe she was nuanced playing hard to that. Get. <laughs> Sometimes no means yes. Right, there's this way in which we have these very toxic beliefs in our culture that sex education can help. And I think a lot of us as educators have to figure out how we can ride on these movements and capitalize from these movements and, and not in like a bad way, but what we need to fix issues of sexual assault is better sexual consent practices and that comes from sex education so how do we figure out how to take these cultural gestalts and ride with them and use that as a way to help get more compensation for the very important work that we're doing
3: i agree i agree and i think that um we all the things you were saying about consent like it sex education sex education and like sex positivity i think are such a, it's it's so much broader than people give it credit like than people really associate it with it's not just talking about how to actually have sex or the different ways that you can do that or actual body parts it's there's a lot of social And that ju- stuff's important too. No, it totally is. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. It definitely is. Um and pleasure like and, and that obviously often gets left out of the conversation um and i think that it also includes uh, issues of social justice and um, like wh- broader consent issues. Consent is something that doesn't just apply to sex. It applies to like whether or not you want to go to the movies or whether or not you want to hug from a friend. Um, or whether your friend's going to pressure you to
2: go to the bar that weekend, right? Like, right. oh, come on! It'll be so much fun! Just come out for one drink!
3: Come on! It'll be great! Come on! And how and how people, how people, folks handle rejection or what they perceive to be rejection in any form, whether it's a sexual situation or, or a romantic
2: one or it's, you know, somebody turning them down to go out for drinks or anything else. Or the way that we question people's spoken to to like not have kids, right? There's right. this way in which we don't respect people's agency and their own ability to know themselves. But like, you might change your mind. Yeah, just just wait. You'll change your mind. Like one day, you you'll know, just wish you had babies. You'll just you'll you'll realize that you're not a really a whole woman until you're a mother. That is the peak of womanhood. I didn't understand what love was until I had a baby. Or you're selfish for not wanting them. How dare you? <clears throat> we might be biased on this. We <laughs> might have some biases here, right? But these are all examples of the ways that we negate other people's consent that we assume that we know better than they do what is right for them and that is what these issues of consent revolve around is ways that we place our own desires and values and wants above what others are saying about themselves and i think that that's a huge cultural component that we need to work on undoing and dealing with it in the sexual sphere is a great entryway
1: Yeah, definitely. And I I completely agree with what you're saying also about all the pregnancy stuff. But anyway, (laughs) it sounds like my conversations with some of my friends sometimes. So I hear you with that. So I think we can all agree that we all need more sex ed. Thank you so much for being here. How can people get in touch with you after this? Great. Um, You can reach me at Hedonish.com or on
3: um, Twitter or Instagram or Facebook at at Hedonish. Um, Yeah
2: yes, yes. Uh, my website is drlizpowell.com so drlizpowell.com uh, you can find my book at buildingopenrelationships.com on twitter i am at sex pause psych so p-o-s-p-s-y-c-h uh, and on instagram i'm at drlizpowell Because I talk a mile a
1: minute, I probably should have spelled mine. It's uh, (laughs) (laughs) H-E-D-O-N-I-S-H. And I'll make sure everybody has access to all those links also whenever they listen to this episode. And uh, if, you know, all of you who are listening, there are also a bunch of exclusive videos from Dr. Liz Powell up on SDC. And we hope to get a whole bunch more of those coming up real soon. So definitely check out SDC.com for those. Don't go away. We're going to be right back with some other guests from Southwest Love Best. Thank you both for being here. Thank you. Thanks so much, Lexi. Thanks. Want to learn more about relationships, sex, and health and find new ways to spice up your sex life? Check out SDC.com. We'll guide you on your erotic journey with unlimited access to videos, podcasts, and articles from experts like Dr. Jess, Sunny Megatron, Dr. Nancy, and Sex Because. Visit SDC.com to discover and connect with your own erotic tribe and explore more at SDC events, parties, and travel destinations. You'll have tons of exclusive resources to start your exploration and continue along your path to erotic self-discovery. Join over 3 million of our SDC members worldwide to seek, discover, and create with us today. Don't forget to use promo code 7070 for two months of free access to sdc.com. That's 7070 to get two months free at SDC.
4: You're listening to the Sexy Lifestyle Talk Radio Network.
5: Mystery Vibe is where the best of humanity and technology combust into your pleasure. Personalized, the world's first body-adapting vibrator. Crescendo adapts, bends, wraps, and vibrates in your every curve and crevice. Use solo, duo, trio, or more. And with an app control that commands your pleasure across 12 presets. Oh, and you can even make your own vibration. Crescendo is adored by all, from feminists to go to mysteryvibe.com now for your pleasure personalized
0: you are tuned in to seek discover create with lexi silver if you have a question or comment about the show we'd love to hear from you via email to lexi at sdc.com that's l-e-x-i at sdc.com now back to this week's discussion
1: Welcome back to SDC Presents Seek Discover Create. I'm Lexi Silver and you just heard me with Dr. Liz Powell and Rachel Rose. I have been having a blast from people all over the world who have come in for I've been having a blast with people who have come in from all over the place, including myself, because I flew all the way from Montreal to be at this wonderful conference. I heard a lot about it through other people. And it's really awesome because I've been meeting people who I actually also met uh, in Sex Down South in Atlanta. So I'm also gonna be seeing those folks again in September when I do go back there, but it's been really great. And I think it's really cool too, to hear stories from people who are telling me about how they became non-monogamous or how they've always felt that they were non-monogamous, and they've only recently had the opportunity to start exploring that with a partner or multiple partners. And that's kind of my story, too. I am, I guess, (laughs) I guess you would say I'm a serial monogamous. So throughout most of my life, I was in a series of monogamous relationships. But personally, I just never really felt like it was for me. But I never really knew that non-monogamy was something that people did because TV and the books that I read and all the media around me and all the relationships around me were monogamous. So monogamy was really much the default setting. And I know I talk about that in a lot of different episodes. If you've already tuned into lots of my other podcasts, you know that that's the case and For me, non-monogamy has been really more of a recent uh, discovery, and it's something that now that I'm in it, there is no way that I could go back. And I'm very fortunate that my partner, my primary partner, uh, is totally on board with that. So we really have been exploring non-monogamy and listening to other people who have been telling us about their stories and their journeys and some of the challenges that they faced as a couple or as a triad or as a polycule, talking about their personal experiences with polyamory and non-monogamy and pretty much everything in between, because there's so many different constructions of non-monogamous relationships. There's no one right There is no one right way to do non-monogamy. So everybody has different stories and different ways that they got into the non-monogamous formation that they're in now. Uh, Maybe some of them came from a monogamous place and they are now experimenting with monogamy. So maybe they consider themselves to be more open or monogamish. Some people I'm talking to who are in polyamorous relationships, (laughs) some of them actually came from a monogamous place. So they went from only being with one partner to now having uh, relationships, like full-on relationships with a couple of different people at the same time, and it's all consensual. So what's really important to understand is that when people are talking about non-monogamy and when we're talking about non-monogamy in this context, we're talking about consensual or ethical non-monogamy. And why that's really important is because when a lot of people hear non-monogamy, they think that means cheating. So, yes, in a way, non-monogamy can mean cheating if your partner is not aware of what it is that you're doing. But in all of the practices that we're talking about during this conference and that we're actually living in our real lives, um, it is ethical or consensual. So all of our partners are completely aware of what's going on. So I've been dropping into as many workshops as humanly possible, and it's been really challenging. There are such great talks and presentations from Andre Shakti, EJ Millstone, Zach Budd. I've just dropped into one with Jessica Fern, and she talked about couples transitioning from monogamy to polyamory, which I thought was really interesting. I'm actually going to talk to her a little bit more about that in depth. I'm going to have an entire podcast episode devoted to that conversation because I do know a lot of people who are in monogamous relationships who are looking to explore polyamory. And I also talked to Kitty Shambliss about jealousy, and she has a great book called Jealousy Survival Guide. I'm also going to be popping her onto a podcast episode coming up real soon, because jealousy is always an issue when you do talk about non-monogamy, and it's even an issue when you talk about monogamy. And I was just in a really amazing workshop with Marla Renee Stewart of Velvet Lips, and Marla also is part of the Sisters of Sexuality who also have their own podcasts here on the Sexy Lifestyle Network. So Marla's workshop was keeping the NRE up. We explored a bunch of different seduction techniques in her workshop and I had an amazing time. So (laughs) I thank you and my lovers thank you in advance, Marla. Thank you very, very much for that. Don't go away. You're listening to Seek, Discover, Create and we're gonna be right back with Marla Renee Stewart after this. Explore the decadent pleasures of Ibiza, our provocative new SDC getaway that fuses sumptuous relaxation with the liveliness of the island's world-renowned nightlife. Over five hedonistic nights, you'll savor the unique local flavors and spectacular views, and we're not just talking about the Mediterranean seascapes. Throughout our exclusive SDC takeover, you can indulge in the experience of being surrounded by seductive, like-minded international couples in the lifestyle. Connect with guests in our erotic play areas, clothing-optional pools, jacuzzis, and beautiful beaches, and immerse yourself in the youthful Ibiza party lifestyle with our glamorous SDC theme nights. Create memories that will last a lifetime in our latest Spanish escapade in Santa Eulalia del Rio from September 21st to the 26th. Book your
6: rooms now at SDC.com. When the lights are off, that's no reason not to light things up.
5: Mystery Vibe is where the best of humanity and technology combust into your pleasure. Personalized, the world's first body-adapting vibrator. Crescendo adapts, bends, wraps, and vibrates in your every curve and crevice. Use solo, duo, trio, or more. And with an app control that commands your pleasure across 12 presets. Oh, and you can even make your own vibration. Crescendo is adored by all, from feminists to Forms. go to mysteryvibe.com now for your pleasure personalized
0: you are tuned in to seek discover create with lexi silver if you have a question or comment about the show we'd love to hear from you via email to lexi at sdc.com that's l-e-x-i at sdc.com now back to this week's discussion Welcome
1: back to SCC Presents Seek, Discover, Create. I'm Lexi Silver, and I am here again with my special guest, Marla Renee Stewart. She's a sex educator, the founder of Velvet Lips, the co-founder of Sex Down South, which I have been to and fucking loved. So if you have not been there, you're going to have to start to sign up real soon. Yes. She's also done a presentation here at Southwest Love Fest, which is where we are at right now, called Keeping the NRE Up. And I had the pleasure of attending that yesterday. Yay. Yeah, hey, I'm
7: so glad you were there to see it. So an
1: experienced person,
7: yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's know. been a really wild ride last couple of days. How you uh, how you been holding up? <laughs>
7: uh, you know the time adjustment. You know from three hours at being ahead is uh, a struggle at nighttime. But yeah. <laughs> but for the most part during the day I've been finding myself you know waking up a little early, which is fine. Uh, just kind of you know slowly adjusting since I'll be here. We'll be around this area for a week so um, I uh, but I'm really enjoying it I'm really love seeing the new faces always when I see like you know the old faces or you know it's like a family (laughs) reunion Um, so it really is um, it really is just a joyous experience just to be around all these you know loving incredible open people and how many people here
1: that you've seen here have also been to Sex Down South from your recollection? I met a couple of folks who I got to say, they were like, yeah, I saw you in Atlanta. I'm like, really?
2: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know.
7: I feel like, I, I don't know that there are that many, maybe a handful, I feel. Maybe more than a handful. I feel like there's only maybe like 10 people that have been to Sex Down South that are here. But still quite a few, I'm if you think wrong. about yeah. it. are down in Arizona, right? <laughs> true, true. That's true. Yeah,
1: <laughs> how has your experience here and the people you're meeting, the kind of content of the workshops, how is that different from what we normally see at Sex Down South?
0: Mm,
7: well, specifically because this is focused on, um, uh, you know, non-monogamy, um, I think that is just the, the 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 most the broad difference. Just because it is all workshops, all about non-monogamy instead of workshops just about every single thing that you could think of like at Sex Down South so I like the I like the fact that it's sort of honed in um, to this one piece of sexuality or these many pieces of sexuality um, and you know experiencing it a different way with the clinical track so I feel like a lot of it is sort of therapy focused or um, clinician based and so that has a nice feel to it as well Um, there's it's You know, there's some academics here, but not really. Um, You know, because I feel like some conferences it's just like heavily academic. Right. Um, But a lot of people here are just here because they, you know, are trying to open up their relationships or they're trying something new or they want to learn something new or they're coming here because their town doesn't have, you know, something like this. And so I really um, like the fact that Southwest Love Fest has sort of an audience that. Um, is open and just, you know, ready to learn, like everybody here is just ready to learn. And I think the content of the workshops are quality, you know, you have really great presenters. Oh yeah. Um, I really am a fan of Ignacio, uh, Jessica Cooley, um, uh, Andre Shakti, you know, uh, just really phenomenal presenters who, you know you listen to them and you're just like this is amazing and beautiful and you know me the you know sex geek in me is just like "Ah!" (laughs) you know like writing down all the information that I can so um, I really I think yeah but I guess you know like I said the difference is mostly in the the honing in on the uh, non-monogamy piece.
1: Yeah, and I'm really liking that, and I've really, it's my first time, <laughs> I've been diversionized <laughs> being around so many polyamorous folks, and I know that back mm. home, I don't really have that luxury. Mm. We have a very big, strong, um, non-monogamous community, but very few people identify as being in polyamorous relationships, so mm. I'm hearing everyone's stories, and they're so different about how they came to, uh, you know, getting into polyamory. Some straight from monogamy, it's like, wow, that was a jump, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. and some who Kind of gravitated toward it because they were in some other form of non-monogamy. So I think that's really really cool. And uh, so I want to talk a little bit about the workshop that you did yesterday. Yeah, sure. It was really really fun. And you were talking about um, so the workshop again is called keeping the NRE up. And we were talking NRE for people who don't know the term is uh, uh, is also known as new relationship energy. So that's that amazing feeling, that vibe that you feel when you first get into a new relationship. And you know you're you're kind of almost consumed with this mm-hmm. like lust and desire and mm-hmm. passion. and it's so hot. Mm-hmm. And having uh, what you so you were talking about um, seduction, mm-hmm. how to seduce somebody based on a variety of different factors. So, Let's talk about those factors, all those different things that make each individual different in terms of what they're receptive to when it comes to being wanting to be seduced.
7: Yeah. So the what I really love about the keeping the NRE up and like catering to your lovers in an effective way is just really thinking about seduction in a different way. You know, thinking about how we learn as a way that we get seduced. And um, so it was great. You know, everybody, got, most people took the quiz. You yeah. know, and <laughs> got to figure out if they were uh, you know visual, if they were audio, or if they were tactile, um, and sort of where they were on the different scales. And um, And so it's nice to see people's faces and, you know, realize some things about themselves because, you know, a lot of people just don't know things about themselves, right? they just like, oh, I am like this. Oh, (laughs) wait a minute. So I really love seeing sort of people's, you know, light bulbs light up in their heads like, oh, this is how I can cater to this person. And this is how I can cater to this person. And, you know you know, keeping because when you're in long term relationships, you know, the rose colored glasses come off after oh, a yeah. while, you know. <laughs> um I was doing an interview earlier and I was talking about how um I have a best friend who just, you know, her new relationship energy fades. Like she's in yearly relationships. Like after a year she's like done with that person, right? Really? Yeah. And so it's very interesting <laughs> to see this cycle, you know. Um but i think you can really keep it going if you're if you're into long term relationships like more than a year or 2 years or whatever 5 years i really think you know the erotic activity list that i gave people right yeah. is just like cr- crossing off those things on that list and just really paying attention to your lovers right really paying attention to their love language and uh, and you know i'm a horny person right <laughs> and i love to have sex so if i know this thing is gonna get me some sex like i'm going to do it yeah you know so (laughs) i think that is essentially what i'm trying to get people to realize is that hey don't just be selfish you know give something of yourself invest in your partners and like and then you know they'll invest in you back right so
1: yeah oh for sure and I was looking around the room and how responsive people were and really trying to be trying to get a feel for you know where they were before you started talking to them about this and where they're at now Mm -hmm. It's like light years (laughs) (laughs) you know it's it's amazing just people I guess were kind of took seduction out of the picture when it comes to long-term relationships Mm -hmm. but especially when (laughs) I mean here we're dealing with polyamory you're dealing not with one relationship you're dealing with multiple relationships you have to seduce all these different partners Mm -hmm. and they all have different things that turn them on Mm and you know that that will make them uh, receptive to whatever advances that you have okay firstly it sounds like a lot of maintenance (laughs) 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 lots of skills you have to be like almost a master or a mistress of seduction to be able to handle a successful polyamorous or non-monogamous relationship yeah (laughs) yeah Yes, definitely. Right. And
7: I think because, you know, and a lot of polyamorous folks or non monogamous folks have like long distance relationships. Yeah. So it's like building up until you see them again. Right. Like making a plan. And I think a lot of times people are like, well, I want to be spontaneous. And I'm like, eh, <laughs> spontaneous is cool and all, but like I'm a planner, you know, yeah. and I love like, like I said, cultivating the sex seed. Right. Like making some like, guess what, I cannot wait to see you because when I get to you next, this is what I'm going to do and this is what I'm going to do and like, you know, like really making the plan for that.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. And <laughs> I like what you were saying before, uh you know, when you were saying you're you're very horny, okay, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I hear you yeah too. I, you know, I have a very high libido, mm-hmm. and uh, I know that sometimes it's not easy uh you know i for for my partner because it's 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 a lot of of sex, right? Mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> sometimes excessive amounts of sex so mm-hmm. when it comes time for that I have to be the one seducing my partner into or my partners uh, into having sex with me because I, maybe they're fucking tired yeah. because I have burnt them out right
7: <laughs> like we already had sex today like well you know something just struck me <laughs> So in like those long term
1: relationships when, you know, you haven't maybe seduced your partner in a while and you're maybe not with someone who's as sexual as (laughs) as you and I are as horny Mm -hmm. uh, naturally because it's easier to seduce us because we're already kind of like, all right, let's just do this, you Mm -hmm, know. mm -hmm. Um, But for people where it's not as easy, how can people get into that mindset of understanding that they, you know, they deserve to be seduced and they also need to be able to
7: seduce their partner? Mm, Getting the mindset. Yeah. How do you you turn that on? Yeah. I think you just do. (laughs) (laughs) No choice, right? Yeah. (laughs) I think, you know, there's certain, you know, like, how do I get in the mood? It's just sort of like, I mean, there's certain things that you can do, but I feel like when you're trying to, if you're not feeling confident in yourself, I think that's part of it, too. If you're, you know, feeling some type of way or you're having a, you know, a challenge somehow, um, I think really, um, the way to build up your confidence is to just be the person that you want to be. And I, I know that sounds like really vague (laughs) but so here's the thing you can be an alter ego i encourage people to like create their alter ego right so like in kink you know we have our kink names or whatever we have our fetishes or things that we do um it's sort of like that so um i say i I say create an alter ego and you know you know be that person be that other person 'Cause your alter ego is always more confident than you are, is yeah. always sexier than you are, is always like <laughs> can get anybody they want, right? So being your alter ego helps you to sort of get in that mindset of like, oh yeah, this is me, this is who I am and this is what I'm gonna do. Right. Yeah.
1: So okay, so that's really good advice. So for people who are kind of feeling like you know maybe you're you're going through a little bit of a dry spell, uh, you don't know how to get back into that that groove. You're like, oh fuck, like you know it's been weeks since you know we had sex, and you know how do you get? You're kind of doing that, you know, day to day. You're maybe picking up the kids. Mm-hmm. You got to coordinate all the the whole schedule. You're working, and we know we know that's tiring. So yeah, creating that alter ego uh, that you that is kind of maybe your ideal self. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
7: Exactly, yeah. and becoming that
1: person. Yeah, it mm-hmm. kind of makes me think of uh, Stefan Urkel in yeah. Family Matters. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs>
7: totally right. Totally. It's exactly what it is. <laughs>
1: I wonder uh, how many people are listening who are like, "Who's that?" I know, right? Way Generation. too young. <laughs> way too young <laughs> for this show. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's a really okay. That's really really good advice. And in when you're in, let's say, multiple relationships or mm-hmm. non-monogamous relationships what are i mean you know your partner fairly well let's say maybe it's been a big couple of months you're kind of getting a feel for what they do like what they don't like you're still trying to keep things spicy cuz you want to keep up that nre mm-hmm. you want to keep that going how often should you really like Lay on the moves. Like, should your the seduction be like a, a part of like your everyday routine? Is should it be like you're trying to do a little something special every day, or you're really saving up that seduction for a special occasion?
7: So. Realistically, if you're in a day to day and you're living, you know, with your partner, partners, and you know, you maybe you have kids, like day to day, that's going to be a hard thing to yeah. do. So that's why I say have a plan, right? So it's like date night, you know. Like I encourage everybody to have a date night at least once a week. And during that date night, what are you going to do during that date yeah. night? How are you going to set it up? You know, for the, the if it if our date night is two nights from now, you know, what are the things that I'm going to do to set you up to make ensure that I'm gonna get some, right? <laughs> um, so I think it's okay to like plan ahead, like I said, and just understand that seduction can be just a key moment in time. Or it can be something really simple and easy, like cooking for your partner, or partners, or you know, um, the way that I seduce my partner is I literally clean up the house right like and make sure everything's neat and spotless and clear and nice. then I, and then you know she's like oh it's neat and spotless and clear and I'm like yes let's <laughs> get <know>. it dirty <laughs> <laughs> No, take your clothes off no. <laughs> so I mean just there are simple things that we can do especially just to Uh, keep the NRE up in a sense of like doing the things that our partner knows and appreciates about us so yeah that's one way to do it
1: so I mean relationship basics people you know make your partner feel appreciated mm-hmm. so because guess what if your partner is not happy with you mm-hmm. or you haven't been fulfilling your end of the bargain when mm-hmm. it comes to the basic shit in your relationship mm-hmm. they're not gonna want to fuck you yeah. pretty simple yeah
7: Yeah. exactly exactly <laughs> it's bad yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've been in that situation and it's, it's not a good thing it's not yeah.
1: <laughs> it's not and I mean we all kind of you know in long term relationships we all maybe have a tendency of taking taking our partner for granted and Mm -hmm. it's important to take a step back and also realize that you're not perfect Mm -hmm. they're not perfect maybe they're doing something similar Mm -hmm. and you're kind of just been going down that path for a long time you're getting too used to that Mm -hmm.
7: step out of that yeah and a good way to step out of that too is just to like get body with each other you Mm. know like if you're uh, I'm a grabby person you know so like (laughs) you know grabbing the booty or grabbing you know different body parts like you know that your partner It's like, oh, ooh, hey, you know, or just like, (laughs) you know, long kisses or, you know, things that help keep the intimacy and affection going between you two. That is one of the key things, because um, if that starts to fade, then the sex will fade. You know, if you're not able to, like, make out every once in a while without the expectation of having sex, um, without hugging, without, you know, touching each other, that is real sort of the glue to help keep people um, together and in that mindset of like, oh, hey, yeah, I actually like this person and love this person or like <laughs> think this person is sexy, you yeah. know?
1: And it definitely increases intimacy and those feelings of love and the warmth and mm-hmm. everything. Um, yeah, no, it's it's all really, really important to be able to do that. I think it's important in any relationship, no matter how long you've been together, just take a step back and see: Are you, you know, are you happy? Have you mm-hmm. is your partner fulfilling all of those very basic needs for you? Mm-hmm. Are you fulfilling
7: your partner's basic needs? Yeah, I think that's really great to have a check in, and yeah. um, I tell people to try to do like nightly check ins because sometimes we're running through our day and we're. Like, oh, wait, let's sit down and, like, what happened during your day, right? Um, You know, my partner has an exciting job, so uh, (laughs) I often hear lots of stories, you know, and... My stories, you know, are are fun every once in a while, but you know, (laughs) they're fun, actually.
2: I'm sure they are. (laughs) I think that because you're in
1: it, you don't see them as being fun, (laughs) but if any outsider actually had a conversation with you, kind of like what we're doing right now, it's very hard to say that it's not fun. Right.
0: (laughs) You're right. You're
7: right. (laughs) I'm thinking about it. I was like, oh yeah, wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) I told my partner that we're doing the sex ed a go-go thing and that there's gonna be a blowjob demo. She's like, you're doing it and I was like (laughs) I was like no I'm not doing it I'm doing another activity I was like Hunter's gonna do it and she was like oh she's like oh just another day in the life of you. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it's a tough job. I know. Oh, oh blowjob oh. demos. Oh, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm squirting demos. Oh, my oh. God. It's so hard. Yeah. So much work. I'm
1: so tired. What a day.
7: <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, wow.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming and hanging out, having this great conversation. Yeah, thank How you can- for having me. Oh, my God. That's so my pleasure. We're Mm going to do this again, for sure. Mm -hmm. How can people who are listening right now uh, find out more about all the exciting things you do on the day-to-day and um, everything about Velvet Lips? I mean, you know, learning about uh, sexuality is super important.
7: Yeah, so um, with my sexuality education company, Velvet Lips, um, I specialize in seduction, communication, and sex skills. So really helping people to actually navigate and practice these skills. So navigate touching skills, navigate, you know, kissing skills. Um, you know everything from foreplay to you know alter ego stuff Um, so I really help people to build their sexual confidence and that is my you know the thing that I love to do and, and how I'm educating you know the folks in this world um and so people can reach me, of course, uh, velvetlipsllc.com or velvetlipssexed.com. Um, you can email me, Marla, at velvetlipsllc.com. You can uh, find me on social media at velvetlipssexed with the E out of the sex just because I'm trying to avoid any SESTA-FOSTA BS. <laughs> and then... Um, uh, sexdownsouth.com uh, You can go to, you know, register for the conference there, check out, you know, any of that uh, that platform or any of our past conferences. Um, and on Instagram, it's stscon and Facebook Twitter, sexdownsouthATL.
1: Nice. And yeah. I'm going to be down there for sure. I am yes. Very, yes. very excited. And that's from September 5th to the 7th, Correct. right? yeah.
7: And then we do have a couple of pre-cons that are before that it's on September 4th.
1: Oh, I can't wait. Yeah. It's going to be so fun. It is. It's always fun. It's
7: always like a big family reunion. It's great.
1: Yeah, it's going to be wonderful. No sleep oh no no sleep especially for you because you're organizing it oh Oh my god yeah I
7: barely know how to eat during that time you pulled it off you more than Esther fed me I would be doing stuff and Esther was like literally just
0: shoving food (laughs) in my mouth I was like oh yeah I have to do
1: that it helps to have a partner who understands that you don't have time to feed yourself right? exactly (laughs) fulfilling your basic needs right
7: (laughs) exactly yes
1: sometimes that's what it takes that's commitment that's Mm -hmm. love that's love Mm -hmm.
7: exactly (laughs) exactly oh wow
1: well thanks again yeah thank you (laughs) it was a pleasure oh my pleasure and thanks everyone for listening you are listening to Seek, Discover, Create don't go away we're going to be right back I hope all of you enjoyed today's episode live from Tucson, Arizona at Southwest Love Fest. Thank you so much, Dr. Liz Powell, Rachel Rose, and Marla Renee Stewart for being amazing guests on my show today. I'm gonna keep attending these great workshops and presentations, and I'm gonna be back with another episode from Southwest left Fest. It's gonna air as a bonus episode. You're gonna be able to hear it here on Voice America, but also check me out on social media, and I'm gonna talk about when it's gonna air, because right now I'm gonna kind of leave it a little bit of a mystery. So definitely follow me at Lexi Silver, that's Lexi with an I, Silver with a Y, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. I'll keep you posted about when I'm going to air that bonus episode and who it's going to be with. So thank you so much for joining me today. For my next show, tune in Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern right here on the Sexy Lifestyle Network stay up to date with my podcast you can also download and subscribe on itunes spotify stitcher TuneIn, and google play music and don't forget you can learn more about sex health and relationships as you seek yourself discover together and create moments at sdc.com thanks for joining me lexi silver on sdc's seek discover create until next time stay lectual people bye
4: Hey, sexy people. If you're ready to start your sexual evolution, we've got some amazing prizes to give away. Some of the great prizes include Womanizer, the most advanced pleasure product for stronger, longer, and more intense orgasms. SDC.com is giving away a lifetime membership to the sexiest online community of open-minded people. Touch from experience warm. It warms your personal lube, then automatically dispenses it with a wave of your hand. And we can't forget throws of Passion Waterproof Pleasure Blanket. Keep your bed dry no matter how wet it gets. For your chance to win one of these amazing prizes, simply send us an email at info at with the word contest in the subject line. Your name will be entered into the weekly drawing, and remember to visit our website regularly for a list of the winners and more information about all the amazing prizes and sponsors. Go to the SexyLifestyle.com contest page and enter as often as you like.
0: We appreciate you joining us on Seek, Discover, Create presented by SDC.com. Please join your host Lexi Silver on another erotic journey next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Sexy Lifestyle Network. Until then, may you enjoy exploring your sexuality.
6: When the lights are off, that's no reason not to light things up.
5: Mystery Vibe is where the best of humanity and technology combust into your pleasure. Personalized, the world's first body-adapting vibrator. Crescendo adapts, bends, wraps, and vibrates in your every curve and crevice. Use solo, duo, trio, or more. And with an app control that commands your pleasure across 12 presets. Oh, and you can even make your own vibration. Crescendo is adored by all. From feminists to forms go to mysteryvibe.com now for your pleasure personalized